Clear. background noise throughout the day but it's just airplanes so it's not it's, it's not really noise. good background noise <laughs> yeah right. this is this is the best seat in the house that's right we got sky riders now we got sky riders, we got sky riders now. now does that say you cap i can't it's got a runway in the front yard <laughs> and you're in sight clear left turkey national ground good afternoon sir taxi via foxtrot and delta Anyways. Anyways. Is there a list? There is a list. No. Really? Damn. Shock. Shocked. I'm shocked. Shock, 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 shock. Oh, you want to talk about this yak video? I, I never watched it all the way through. I don't know what. No, I, what well, let's we'll what, talk. What is your, what is your, um, I'll tell you. what is your issue with that? I'll tell you. I, 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 well, I'll tell you, but the short story is, I don't know what my issue is. I, I just, we'll talk about it. I thought we were going. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> are we? All right, wait a minute. Let me make sure I everything, all the ducks are in a row here. Uh, yeah, they're in a row. All right, so I will tell you what my issue is. My issue is um, that it's just too convenient. Um, this is a nice video. This is not like scratchy, you know, kind of somebody just happened to have a camera run. This is nice, high-quality video, and I guess that's not that unusual these days. Everybody's got HD cameras these days, but... So you're saying it's not like Terrence and Philip? Yeah. Well, it, one of the one of the things that some some of the commenters were were critiquing was after he noticed the oil streaming past the engine and after their pan pan pan, um, he kept climbing. And people were saying, "Well, the engine's still developing power. He hasn't lost the engine, and this, so this is a fake." And and he was actually he he wasn't really describing it, and there wasn't any any accompanying um, captions to, to say what he was doing and why he was doing it. But it's not a very bad idea at all. No, you've still I... got some power going to start climbing. Yeah. And, yeah, and I that mean... gives you, that buys you a lot of opportunity. It, 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 uh, you see more around you because you're higher, and it just makes a lot of sense. I don't disagree with that at all because from the look of the video, he was kind of you know not exactly in the middle of nowhere, but he wasn't. It wasn't like over you know flatlands farm fields. Yeah, I mean he he could have sat it down and survived, but the, the airplane would have been bent. Yeah, you know and uh, it wasn't. There weren't any ideal places to set that down. I, I'm, you know, I tried to watch it again about ten minutes ago, just be, but uh, the my hotel internet connection here just is wasn't. this the Cessna four hundred four? No, no, this is the Yak fifty, folks. For for, for no. listeners' benefit, uh, this is a video on YouTube of a of a Yak fifty, uh, a, a restored Warbird, I guess, uh, or I don't know if it's a Warbird or not. I guess it's a trainer, maybe. Um, and uh, um, and it's cockpit video. I don't know whether he had a camera mounted on his on his helmet or on his shoulder, but the camera was moving, but not quite so dramatically as you see sometimes with helmet mounted video. And uh, very very high quality video from the cockpit. Um, yeah. Very very clear view of the panel and of the of the uh, terrain outside. And uh, and you can hear him talking to uh, to uh, the controllers. And and as Jeb said, uh, you heard him declare, you know, pan 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 emergency, and uh, talking about his situation. But it, it was all. I mean, you know, we've talked in the past how we admired pilots who had emergencies who were being very calm, and and this was calm visually as well. And that's maybe what you know. I, I don't know. There was, you know, the airplane never pitched and rolled. He just, you know, it. it I don't know what I expected. Oh, oh, you mean, 
Oh, I know what you mean. He didn't turn into that, you know, jello fat mass operating panic that, that would happen in a real movie. I mean, a real Hollywood movie. I, I know. When you have made trouble. on a $50 budget. When you have uh, trouble in an airplane, you're supposed to go spiraling into the ground with flames coming off your tail. No, well, that's I, right. I mean, you know, we, we all know that that's how they all end. I know. It, and you know very well that I'm a big proponent of that's not the reality. All right. But this just – and again, I wish I could have watched it again in, in before we – you know, I watched it about a week ago. And, uh, and that it's was It's amazing just, how anticlimactic so many of these things really yeah, are. It, it really was. As they you know? happen. Uh, what was it that we we've seen video and talked about it on the on 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 the, on the podcast about you know the F sixteen pilot suf- suffered an engine failure and he's trying to get it down into an airport right, uh, right, in the Midwest. Right. Uh, we've had uh, a video of the or, or read the transcript I know and t- and talked about a guy that was having uh, an engine problem when he was really high and a long way off and in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Right, just kept right, talking right. and reporting and flying the airplane and you know updating his decision, and it it, it, it struck me many times that all the adrenaline and all the, uh, uh, the drama and tension that's in that situation is in me watching this yeah. Yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, because at no time that, that we've ever had any kind of thing that would bring you to the edge of your seat and say. This could turn out badly. Uh, yeah. All the freakiness and the shakes and the <laughs> came about five minutes after I walked away from the airplane. Right. Yeah. So. And, and you know what that is? That's called training. Yeah. Uh, because you you've flown the airplane through these these um, aberrations uh, before, yeah. and and you know how to handle them, and you you you're you know, obviously your current. You're, you know what you're doing. You're on the stick, um, and it's uh, a lot of people make a big deal. As Jack correctly points out, it should have you know turned into a ball of flaming uh, uh, aluminum. I know um, by rights it would have you know, but but for the grace of God, go I. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, let's see, an overheated 150 engine that started to 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 not work on one of the cylinders, I and I had full fuel and somebody with me. Uh, a, a generator failure in IMC. Thankfully, it was daytime uh, and about 1,100 overcast, so it wasn't that big of a pucker once I turned all this stuff off that I didn't need the rest of the truck. Dude, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, what, I know what, what he said, but let's what, make... Was it that big of a what? I want to hear him say what? it again, just for... <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that big of a pucker. All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna start doing you know. Punk he as in Papa. All right. Uh, so, anyways, the uh, you know, I mean, the Yak Fifty video. I I think partway through it, I for for and and I I now believe it's real. I don't have any question in my mind that it's a real video. But there was a moment when I was watching it when I thought this is so so. I don't know. I thought I said this is this is a this is a uh, you know a flight sim uh, video. But then I'm looking at it and going, no, it's too no, too it's, real it's, to be that. You know. Um, so I don't know. You know, I'll tell you what, it looks it, it looks better than any flight sim. And watching this boy, I'm just watching him about to roll out on a field. Yep. And he managed to keep it up, keep up in the air um, a little bit longer <laughs> than I expected. I mean, he was UCAP after yeah, dark. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, uh, as I recall, uh, See, I, I was like I, he went through a fence there just at the very last. Yeah, he, you know, he, you know. So, anyways, my doubts aside, my questions aside, he clearly did a great job, and we congratulate him for uh, for doing this kind of thing. Well, um, if this is if this is not real, 
Uh, no, I, this guy's operating with a big movie director's budget yeah, because no, it no. just looks like it trashed that yak. Yeah, no, and 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 he, you see him climb out of the thing and run away from it and then look back at it. And uh, no, I I no longer. I just for a moment I thought could this be a, a flight sim video? But no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just maybe. I it never was watched just, it all the way through, so you're 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 ruining the outcome for me. Oh, uh, spoiler. He put, he put it down, and um, and what happened? He 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 land, he's put it down and uh, and came to a stop and you see him climbing out of the out of the cockpit and and scrambling down the wing and then running away and at this point the camera's kind of aimed at the ground and kind of any random thing and then eventually you see him turn around and he looks back at the airplane which is kind of sitting on the ground with sort of the tail up at a maybe forty five degree angle Dave what's the you know and uh, oh let me look at it here pull it back and stop it for that long shot so uh, oh, no, I'm going to say about it. 10 degree angle. Oh, not even that much. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe so, 20. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely on its, uh, it's definitely on its uh, uh, nose. Yeah. But very shallow. Right. N- nose wheel collapse. David, the nose wheel. It wouldn't wheel even collapse. be on its nose if something hadn't run through a fence. Yeah. David, do you think the nose wheel oh. collapsed? Or did you th- does a yak have retractable gear or is it fixed? Oh, they're, they're, they're retractable. Yeah. And they come in tailwheel and tricycle. Uh-huh. Right. So I have to look up what this one is. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know, my my doubts aside, because I'm sure my doubts are unfounded, um, this is a great example of how you can fly the airplane, even if you're having troubles, and you can set them down um, safely. Uh, and, uh, hey, I, 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 when, I, when I first started watching it, I thought it had a happier outcome. I, thought, I figured he'd put it down on a runway. I never watched it all the way. No, through. no, he lands in, a, in some sort of field, some sort of, uh, you know, farm field or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't look like he put the wheels down. I mean, don't they say that's the way to do it? If you've got retractable gear, keep it up? Uh, yeah. You know, that's that's really a terrain-dependent thing. Oh, really? Yeah. What are the issues? I'd, I'd, I'd keep it up on water, landing on water. Right. We've talked about yeah, that. Absolutely. I absolutely. want the I want the landing gear down, if for no other reason, to absorb some shock. Well, yeah, that's famously uh, Captain Haynes of the... Uh, um, was it oh, the Iowa City. The Iowa City. Right. I remember part of his telling of his story was that he decided to try, even though they had no hydraulics, they decided to try and get the gear down because it would absorb some of the shock of touching right. down. And, right. uh, yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll expend energy in its own destruction. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, it, it's, it's funny. Um, I remember reading about, uh, and I remember listening to the, the, um, the audio, uh, the ATC audio from that. And as as he, as Al Haynes is cleared to land um, on you know such and such a runway, or maybe even cleared to land any runway, I don't remember the exact, but I do remember his response. And he says, "Oh, you want to be particular and make it a runway?" <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 ultimate and cool under pressure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know anything about yak systems, so. Putting the gear down for this gentleman, if he had an engine loss, may not have been an option. He uh, may not have, he may not have had hydraulics to do that. Yeah, it's may not have had uh, whatever it takes to put him down on that airplane. Uh, looking at the sturdiness of the field, uh, if he could have gotten him down, I think he could have uh, went away with not even a bent prop blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's that's fairly smooth for uh, a, a training airplane like that. And, and certainly looked durable oh. enough. Uh, there's some scour marks underneath the fuselage that you can see. Mm-hmm. About 10 minutes, 25.07 uh, seconds in, 
And I'm looking. I'm, I'm figuring those gouge marks are part of the part of the prop. Yeah, could be. N- neither Jeb nor I dare look at this video right now because yeah, the whole thing will come grinding to a halt. I'll, I'll literally go off the air. Yeah, so. me too. Probably. But that, you're 100 percent right. I mean, the guy, you know, gentleman, did a phenomenal job. Of, yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of Captain Al Haynes, um, I think I'm 90% certain that I had a sort of near brush with another heroic airline captain. Um, I'm out here in Charlotte, which we'll talk about in Charlotte, North Carolina, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, and as I was uh, boarding my uh, continuing flight in, uh, where was I? Oh, well, uh, Washington National. Um, I, there was an airline captain standing at the podium talking to the uh, to the desk uh, uh, folks there. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, that's... And I'm looking again, I'm saying, that looks like Captain Sullenberger right there, all right? And, uh, and, and as I kept staring at him, going, I think that's him. I think it is. And, uh, unf- and I was hoping he's going to get on which our... Which carrier were you on? U.S. Airways. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm not. I, I wasn't sure. I, I kind of thought he stopped flying a line. Well, that would be my question. Um, no, I, th- I thought he had had. I read something where he had decided to, I, not retire, retire, but maybe a leave of absence or or Captain Emeritus status or something like maybe. that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know and, the answer. And, to, and he, that was my uh, first thought. I saw him and I said, "Hey, that, that's Captain." Yeah, Solberger. he was. Con- well, let, and then, and then why I don't thought, we just take Google and find out? Well, why don't you do that? Yeah. Um, and uh, but I thought I said and I thought exactly that I said gee didn't I hear that he retired or something and but boy that looks like him right and uh, and uh, and then he you know eventually stood there for a while and eventually kind of walked back off into the terminal and and uh-huh. uh, and he kind of walked almost right past me and I'm staring I'm trying to read the luggage tags on his bags and I'm trying to see the name on the bags and I couldn't quite make it out as he wandered by so I don't know for sure so uh, until you prove me wrong, I'm going to, I'm going to say I had a brush with greatness. At uh, you still had a brush with greatness, and uh, I found some fairly reliable information that he was planning to retire last year. Okay, this was from a a, a clip published back in uh, March of 2010. Oh, so, you guys uh, are ruining my night. Uh. Welcome, folks, to episode 228 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Recording this episode on Monday evening, March twenty first, twenty eleven, and uh, joining me in the virtual hangar is my two spoil sport friends. Uh, first of <laughs> all, Dave Higdon is out there. He's talking to us from Wichita, Kansas. Hey, David, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> yeah, it could be one of those nights with uh, internet oh. connectivity, but uh, uh, could be, could be. How are you doing tonight, David? Uh, doing pretty good. I'm down to my last two uh, lineys. Uh, what is this, 1880 Bach? One of their seasonals that's no longer in the stores. 1888, I missed it by eight years. Uh-huh. Uh, spooling up to uh, head southeast in a few days. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, and enjoying the days being longer than the nights and daylight savings time. And it's we even have spring-like temperatures here. It's like, it's a hat trick. I know, I know. Uh, and also here in the virtual hangar is uh, Jeb Burnside, talking to us from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. How are you doing this evening, Jeb? I'm great. How about you all? I'm good. I'm good. good. So, good. so you've been, t- you, you know, we'll just kind of give people a little bit of an update on your backyard situation. All right. Uh, a couple of days oh, ago, okay. you, you, <laughs> I, I thought this was an aviation podcast. <laughs> no, 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 this is, this is the, this I didn't the, know this was, I didn't know this is devolved yeah, in the home Jeb, garden. This Jeb, is, when, when you think of all the ways the NSA could interpret that phrase, your backyard situation. <laughs> 
no, 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 no. This is the uh, let's see now. I'd have to come up with a name for it. This is the Jeb Burnside uh, uh, backyard pond, uh, you know, wildlife menagerie podcast. Right, where we we track all the different live animals that uh, the Jeb Burnside Memorial West Central Florida Menagerie and Pond Zoo. Yeah, you sent us a picture a couple of days ago of what genuinely <laughs> appear to be two otters in your uh-huh. backyard. All right, uh-huh. and. Uh, um, I it just that I mean I've seen a lot of animals in your backyard, very fascinating, very cool. Um, but I've yet to see one that seemed so seen, out of you've place. You've seen a few. On, I've seen a few where on the pool deck. Yeah, well that too. But uh, the animals out in your backyard are uh, you know, but otters. I mean I just can't imagine what the average lifespan <laughs> of an otter in your backyard is going to be. Um, and it, 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 the sad part about this, folks, is that you know it, we really could be talking about a big ass pond and a de Havilland otter, but we're talking about a smallish pond <laughs> and two animal otters. So, unfortunately, and I think we were kind of cutting up a little bit earlier uh, before we started recording this evening, and I just you asked me, you know, about the otters, and and I said, you know, maybe maybe we should just name the lake Lake de Havilland. Because there's got to be a beaver around here somewhere. Uh, now I get it. Now I get it. I didn't get it before. Okay, that's good. You didn't get it before. Oh, okay. No. Oh man, I didn't get it before. I, I um, Jeb, we need to drag him around the old airplanes next week. No, 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 no. We do. We need to. We need to spend some quality time with the boy. Yes, yes, yes. I think this he's, he's getting I'll, a little off track. I'm, I'm all in favor of that. I'm all in favor of that. And I'm Jack Hodgson. And Yay! Uh, I'm out here on week two of my tour of the auto racing capitals of the world. This week, just down the street from the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and uh, that's a big-ass racetrack. I'm telling you, man. That is a big, big place. All right? Um, it's... Anyways, and I want to talk about that. Are you work? Are you working at the track? No, no, no. I'm actually. Uh, uh, I, normally, when we do these things, we go to a hotel and we stay in the hotel for three days because we use the conference rooms in the hotel and we stay in the hotel. And I never get to go outdoors. But on this one, we're actually putting the event on in a, a non-hotel function area um, out a couple about ten, fifteen miles from here. So I'm staying in a hotel near the racetrack, and then each day I drive. I happen to have to drive right past the racetrack, and. Uh, Fortunately, there's nothing going on at the racetrack right now because I think traffic would be impossible. But, uh, but uh, man, it's a big place. I mean, I just can't get over it. I, I, each time I drive by it, I go, whoa. Um, I was trying to measure it. I was comparing it. There's a, the nearby airport is, uh, is uh, Concord Regional. We're actually not in Charlotte, by the way, for those of you who are keeping right. track of such things. We're actually in Concord, North Carolina, but they call it the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And, so, uh, and there's an airport right nearby. Um, no. Yeah, I'm shocked. Well, you know, you know, you talk about uh, you know serendipity. Um, so I, I the other day I had a couple hours off and I drove over and I also have a rental car which is unusual too. So I drove over to kind of just check out the uh, Concord Regional Airport, and um, and one of the things as I'm driving in, so this is no kidding. This is auto racing capital of the world. All right, this is like all of the not all but many of the big racing teams that you hear about on ESPN and and you know NASCAR and all that kind well, of stuff. They're headquartered all over the place. Yeah, right? you see them all over the place here. All right? right, and one of the ones which is you know that we're familiar with is uh, Fenway Roush Racing. All right, which has its headquarters right. Um, on the airport access road. It's right at the edge of the airport. There, 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 I am going to have so many bleeding tongue problems tonight. 
<laughs> Why? What did I say? All right. So, anyways, uh, Fenway Roush is right there, which of course is uh, is uh, you know to me there's the Jack Roush crash, which we talked about at Oshkosh last summer. I'm thinking maybe that must be where that airplane had been based prior to its uh, its uh, demise, and uh, of course the other connection. I would make that assumption. Yeah, and then the other connection for me, of course, the Fenway part of Fenway Roush is that uh, the uh, the Boston Red Sox organization own a big piece of that racing organization. So I had to stop and take pictures. Anyways. Um, so when they're not racing, they could take the cars and store them in Fenway Park? Uh, yeah, you never know. I, I, I'm waiting for them to do some sort of you know cross-promotion, you know, where they have racing cars on Yawkey Way or something like that. But uh, When they get Fenway hangers, wake me up. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you know, and, and let me go off on a little bit of a tangent here, a little bit of a rant, all right? So I'm visiting the, the, Concord, <laughs> the Concord Regional Airport, all right, because I want to kind of, you know, see airplanes, all right? And I do this from time to time as I'm traveling around. I'll drive over to the access road of an airport, and I'll drive near the terminal or the FBO or try and drive along the fence line and just kind of peek through the fence. And usually that's... You, you really like getting your picture taken, don't you? Yeah, I know. And so... Um, I'm trying to do that at Concord Regional, all right? And Concord Regional is a, a real textbook example of something that I see at a lot of different airports. And that is that they build all the buildings at these airports and they place them in such a way that the public can't see the ramp. They can't see the airplanes, all right? And I can imagine that some people might have thought that was a good idea, but I think it's a horrible idea, all right? I think it totally goes to the uninviting uh, uh, environment that we create at airports. And I, I think it's horrible that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm driving around, poking down our little access roads, and I can't get a good glimpse of the ramp. And why would they do that? Why do you hide all this coolness from the, the general public? Road? Go ahead. Um, what, what, are you, what are you seeing... When you drive by the airport, what are you looking at? What do I want to be looking at, or what no, am I actually looking at? What you're actually looking at? What you're actually seeing? You're actually What is it? No, you're actually seeing the 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 you know non-airport side of these hangar buildings, um, and and or this, sometimes office buildings. Maybe sometimes. you're on the wrong access road. No, no, no. These were hangar buildings. Access. You could. I mean, reading the signs. But, 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 these but, but, but time out, time out. Yeah. Maybe if you took a different access road, well, you could get closer to the operations. Area. Maybe, but. See, in my view, if I was building an airport, all right, I would make it so that the general public could drive by and see the coolness, all right? Um, oh, yeah. Are, uh, are you going to make any money? So you, so cool. you, you, would never, you would never make it in, in airport management. No, 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 no. I would, I would run the best airport coolness, in the world. Coolness man. I doesn't would, pay the electric bill. No, no, no. You can, put, you can place these buildings so that you've got enough of them to make good revenue, but also have the whole, op, the whole operation visible to the public, all right? Um, it's just nuts that we hide this stuff. We should not be hiding. What's you're, the saying? We should not at, be hiding our light at, under a bushel. All right, we should not. Backside. You're looking at it from the backside. But you can't. What? But the public can't get to the front side. What? The, what airport the, was this? Concord Regional here in North Concord Carolina. Concord Regional. This is a GA airport. Uh, it appears to be primarily a GA airport. It might have had a scheduled service. I'm not sure. Okay, I think it's, you're right. It's, it's a GA airport that I would have that I would label as a corporate. GA airport, right? And that the majority of its operations and the majority of what's going on there are supporting business aircraft, predominantly business turbine aircraft. And, and I and bet you, I bet you somewhere nearby, within a five mile or eight mile circle of Concord Regional, there's a GA airport that supports none of that. That 
is for it, it that is what you're looking for. Right. They're out there, but they they are mutually exclusive. I you know, I hear what you're saying and there's probably some truth to that, but this is just a, a really textbook example of something I see all the time, all right, where you you can't drive by an airport and get a good look at the airport and and you we ought to be doing that. We ought to be showing off what we're doing. There, there are lots of airports but, where you can go and see that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But I mean, you can even here. You know, even though this is all private property, somebody can drive up, sit in the gazebo park bench, and and when they're when their airplane's landing and taking off, watch the airplanes land and take off. Um, uh, we can do that here. But I, I get your main point. But I would hasten to point out that there are a great number of airports that are not as built up. And I would guess that Concord's problem is it's kind of maybe landlocked, uh, where there's some industrial around it, light industrial around it, and um, to, to meet demand, they, they have to erect some large buildings, and it does block some views. Yeah. I would also suggest there are other access roads and other ways to, to drive around the periphery of the airport. But um, uh, at a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of smaller airports, uh, there's ample opportunity for the public to visit them. Um, uh, even Venice, Florida, which is is just a paranoid. Excuse me. You can, uh, <laughs> yeah, I will fix Stall that. Warner that out. Um, <laughs> uh, just a crazy on uh, on security. Um, the public is still welcome there, and they're they're you know it's easy for the public to to get access. So um, it's n- it's not all bad, but I certainly get what you're saying about Concourse specifically. But I bet you money, as Dave says, I'm sure there's a there's a uh, Piston GA airport nearby. I know there's a good bit of GA activity yeah. in Charlotte. Well, anyways, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. We'll come back to talking about Charlotte or uh, Concord Airport in a minute. Um, so I had an incident, not an incident. I had a, a thing happen to me the other day. Um, okay, that's going to say that you had an incident. Not really? An incident. What were you flying? I, I wasn't flying. I was a passenger. All right, I was. Uh, uh, I was the uh, probably I was probably about the forty second officer on a. Uh, uh, U.S. <laughs> Airways uh, Canada Air regional jet. I believe it was a 700. I'm not positive. All right, it was relatively small. It had uh, four across seating, um, and we were flying from. Uh, whoa, 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 back up. Yeah, you get on an airliner and you don't know what type it is. I know. I'm sorry. It's bad. No, no, no. I did know at the time. Chip, we have so so much work to do. I know. We we. Dave, we need to maybe think about an uh, you know an intervention here. Yeah, <laughs> this I, I, I'm just I'm stunned. Moderately, and where you where you sat was the closest exit in front of you or behind you? Oh gosh, um, oh, see, I'm behind me. Jimmy, I've been on I've been on four. You're a pilot and you don't know what kind of aircraft you're on. Anyways, it was a small regional jet. It was definitely right. a Canadair. It wasn't an Embraer. I know that. All right, Dave, Dave. Uh, yeah. let's, let's, let's talk after the show. Yeah, we're going to have to. Are you guys done? Okay. I'm not sure. What are you going to say next? <laughs> Here's what happened. <laughs> I don't know if it was an airplane or a helicopter. Uh, um, uh, all right. Moving along. Moving right along. Okay. Um, I don't even know how to tell this story anymore. I'm speechless. So the, uh, so the forecast was it for it be very windy, gusty, windy at uh, at Manchester when we returned there. All right, we were flying from Chicago's O'Hare to Manchester, and um, I had actually there had been a news story that was like a wind alert the day the night before for that day in Manchester, and in, and then the captain mentioned it when he was talking to us before the flight. Yeah, right. 
Oh. I control the horizontal. I control the vertical. So be careful. <laughs> so, hey, it's, it's spring, man. <laughs> so, the, so the captain told us. Light up. The, the, to, the captain told us that. The, Remember the, the first word in the name. Uncontrolled. Uncontrolled. The captain told us uh, uh, in his little talk before we took off that it was windy at, uh, um, at, at Manchester and the wind was out of the west. I later checked and the uh, AWOS at the time was in fact uh, wind 27014 gusting 25. And so I expected it to be pretty bumpy um, when we were arriving in the area. So we, we came into the Manchester area and we kind of passed to the north of the airport and we looped around in order to come down and land on what I believe is runway 24. No, I know is runway 24 at Manchester. Um, and uh, and we're coming down final. Uh, and, and I don't know. Well, it, the wind was still out of the, out of the west? Well, according to the AWOS, it was. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, I could feel the airplane kind of, you know, up and down a little bit, all right? And, and at some point, we suddenly got a whole bunch of sync. We wait, were pretty, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. What, what kind of airplane was this? We were about, I, I estimate we were about 100 feet off the ground, above the ground at this uh, point. This is his CRJ that he doesn't know whether it's yeah. a 50 or 7. Or, I couldn't uh, be sure how far we were from the runway because I couldn't see the runway out the, from my, my cabin position back there. But uh, we are, you know, maybe 100 feet off the ground, uh, clearly on short final. And, and I hear the captain, you know, adding power and kind of trying to manage, fly the airplane to, to deal with the gusty winds. And all of a sudden, I felt him add a whole bunch of power. And suddenly the nose gently rose up and we did a go round. All right. I can't remember ever, ever being in an airliner that did a go round. Really? Um, this was this was you know, and I, I turned to my page, my seatmate, a, a stranger, of course, but uh, I said I said we're going round, right? And she goes, yeah, we, yeah. and uh, and we just climbed out right over the over the, uh, you know, uh, airport, and and so now I'm thinking what's going to happen is that he's going to you know somehow circle around and try runway two four again, all right? And as we're maneuvering out here in the in the area to the west of the airport. You know, then I, I'm, on one level, I'm thinking, you know, these guys know what he's doing, and I, I'm, I'm cheering the guy for doing the go-round and not having to, you know, not, not being too proud and trying to force it onto the ground. I'm thinking this is a good decision, you know, that he did this. Did he come back and use 3-5? But here's what happened. Um, and, and as we're out there, I'm starting to think, boy, I hope this guy knows how to fly this airplane, all right, because we do hear these <laughs> stories. You well, know. <laughs> this, this was probably the F I was leg. Go ahead. Yeah. And so um, we uh, – David, you're right. We did, in fact, loop around and arrive instead on runway three. I think it's three five. You know, that would have been my first choice all along. Really? Looking at the plan view of the airport. Tell me why. Um, it's wider, mm -hmm. principally, and it's longer. It's lo yeah. And, it's and at the end of the day, the at the end of the day, you got a good bit of crosswind on either runway. Um, so the, the 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 angle of the runway to the wind isn't all that critical here. You're looking at maybe a 20, 30 degree difference, mm -hmm. and if that, and um, that just doesn't make that much difference in in, in regular operations. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, and the I, I want, I want the wider seven. runway. I want the longer runway if I've got a choice. Yeah, David, go ahead. I was going to say the AWAS may have been reporting two seven zero. But it's also conceivable, uh, if you look at the terrain upwind, that uh, the captain's prior experience uh, and the way the airplane performed trying to uh, – having to go missed on 2-4 was that it maybe was trending more northwest until you got down to that last few feet. Right. And that's not unusual to see. Uh, when, when it, particularly when it's blowing hard, it will actually change direction at the peak of a gust. Yeah. 
Well, and we were getting in amongst some hills um, at the point that he decided to go around. And so, yeah, I can imagine. And there was, you know, I mean, just sitting back in there in a cabin, um, I, I felt it settle a lot all of a sudden. And I heard him add power. And I thought, okay, good, he's adding power. And But then all of a sudden he decided just just bail. And uh, and we did the go around. But it was it was pretty interesting to me, um, you guys giving me crap aside, uh, that, uh, you know, I, I truly, I cannot remember ever having been on an airliner that did a go around. Um, uh, I, I was on an airliner one time a long, long time ago that at the last moment decided to, ch- I don't know, decided or was told, but in fact changed from one parallel runway to the other. That was a little dramatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, um, you know, well, and maybe maybe they were shooting the approach to the wrong runway. Maybe you know you know I, I never you know that was before I was a, fl- a pilot, so I, I, I didn't know have any ins- any insight into what was going on there, other than there were parallel parallel runways and we just changed. Pretty it's kind of weird when you're sitting in the back and, and something like that happened, isn't it? You yeah. Your 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 antenna immediately they go all right, all right, all right, all right. Tango box truck. This is not Whiskey tango box. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not kidding too. My first, my first reaction was, you know, good for you. You decided not to try and do the pride thing. You tried, you know, just let's go around, all right. Um, but as we were making this big circle, and I couldn't figure out what the heck he was doing, I'm thinking, I hope this guy knows how to fly this airplane. You know, <laughs> you know, I, it wouldn't be the first time we'd come across, you know, regional jet pilots that weren't quite as experienced as well, who was well, it? One of you he said he was giving himself fourteen, fifteen hundred feet more to work with. Yeah, yeah. and 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 it, it's also true that right, the second right. the second approach and ultimate landing was much more stabilized. At least it seemed that way from my position. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. It, can we do a timeout here, real quick? Yep. It may or may not be apparent to our listeners, but we just had a little break. All right, we were off, uh, kind of uh, uh, tending to refilling beers and whatnot. And while we were there, who wanders into the virtual hangar but our good buddy Dave Shellbetter from Sun and Fun Radio? Hey, Dave, how are you doing? Uh, uh, you know, in alligators. You guys ready? That's my question. Are you guys ready for Sun and Fun? Yeah. No, we're not ready for Sun and Fun. Um, we're the only one. Yeah, this is this is just not going to go well. I can tell um, already. Dave Shellbetter is breaking up. But the, it, it, we really wanted to have Dave come on and talk with us when we discovered that he was around. Um, it, this that the it's the we've reached the limits of hotel Wi-Fi here. Okay, now we've reconfigured the Skype call, and hopefully we're going to get a little bit better bandwidth here. Um, I'm optimistic. Let's see how it goes. So, uh, Dave Shellbetter, I was asking you how you're doing, and, and you had a question for us. What was it? No, now you're just screwing with us. Cut it out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is how uncontrolled airspace prepares for sun and fun. Well, the question there is, how is that different from any other podcast episode? No, no, no. This one's this is particularly out of control. Uh, Where are you? Dave Shellbetter, where are you? Are you at Are you at Lakeland? Are you back home? Um, no, I've been in Lakeland twice in the last week, yeah, um, and I am I am back home. I'm 200 miles southeast of Lakeland in a little tiny pocket town called Hypo Luxo. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with Florida's East Coast, I am about 10 miles out of West Palm Beach. I'm about 10 miles south of West Palm Beach. Yeah, I know. Hypo, Hypo Luxo? Hypo Luxo. That yeah. sounds like the name of a personal lubricant. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking of a cosmetic, but <laughs> I'm begging you guys. Uh, <laughs> Shell better. Shell better. Tell, 
Do I know? Do I know you, sir? Uh, yeah, right. Dave Shellbetter, tell us. Uh, so I know from Twitter okay. and that you've been making a lot of trips up to Lakeland, getting ready for the fly-in this year. Uh, what, what have you been working on? What's going on? Here's the question. Well, Here's the question. You can do this, David. Here's the question. You can do this. Five quick reasons why people want to stream, want to listen to the Sun and Fun stream. Number you care. It's next about. Okay, and now he's not screwing with us. Now he's just got bad bandwidth. Uh, Dave Shellbetter, start that list again. Number one. If you cannot be there in person, it is the best thing to do. There you go. That's much better. Okay, number two. If you listen on Tuesday evening after 6 p.m. Eastern and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, you will get to hear what UCAP sounds like before Jack has a chance to edit it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Scary, huh? <laughs> and and here's where Jeb jumps in and says, wait a minute, 10 o'clock? He always says that. I, 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 for, can, you, can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like I'm David Letterman leading one of those guest top 10 lists. And Shelbetter, number, number three. three. Reason number three, because if you show up at Sun Fun on a Sunday morning, you might hear something along the line of... <laughs> oh, there's that rooster. Let's try that again. Uh, no, no, Dave, we got it. We got Dave, it. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Um, you know, there's a, there's a there's an open carry law in Florida. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Number three? Are there really five? Should we keep going? Eddie? Number two. Sure. Oh no, there are, there are so many fantastic reasons to listen to the stream. I know there you are. can listen to. A, Sun and Fun Radio, and we everything we can. We have got such a stellar lineup this year. I'll get to that in a minute. But you can keep up to speed on everything going on at Sun and Fun. I'm making it my personal goal this year to cover every single aspect of Sun and Fun that myself and my 30-some volunteers cover. Um, number three, you can listen to the air show live on Sun and Fun. Yep. And... Video stream from the FAA production. They've got the beautiful spot right up high in the middle of the grounds, high on the second-story uh, second rooftop of the FAA building. And they show and they feed it over the stream. So you can actually watch on the FAA production studio's website and listen to Sun and Fun Radio and get the air show experience just like you were there. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, Reason number, where were we, Dave? I think you were at four. You're now at number five. I don't remember what happened to two and three. He's counting up or not? We, started, we started at five, went four, then three, then two, then three, then four, then five. I was going to say, I thought, <laughs> I, so we're like on number eight. Okay, number eight. Uh, you can listen to Aviation Podcast done live on the deck at Sun and Fun Radio. Yeah, who's going to be on the deck this year other than us? Um, we're going to have uh, you we're going to have uh, Mike and Elizabeth from the Mile High Flyers podcast are going to be on deck. They are, they're neat people. They're the ones that sent me an email last year and said, we won't come to Sun and Fun this year. But when we heard you guys, how much fun we were missing, we booked Red Eye Flights Friday night. We'll see you Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, they dropped everything and flew to, flew to Lakeland halfway yeah. through the week. Yeah. Which in itself speaks of the fantastic power of streaming. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
we're going to have the Palace Flight Pod Log. Uh, Will's schedule is still up in the air. Will is he can to make it there, and hopefully Will will be able to join us. But if not, we'll probably Skype him. It'll always pull together some really cool people to come up and talk. Um, Friday night, Jack, you're going to be hosting the Gathering of Aviation Podcasters. We are. Wrap-up of our shows in the evening is going to be Steve Tupper with the Not At Sun and Fun 11 podcast. He did the first virtual podcast last year, and it worked really well. If you tune into Sun and Fun's stream, which is going right now on liveatc.net forward slash SNF, you can listen to, there's about three hours worth of information just looping. Um, and that's actually new this year. It's called The Holding Pattern. Oh, cool. The Holding Pattern. That's where Sun and Fun radio recordings stack up. Get into the pattern, turn final, and land on the deck at Sun and Fun Radio. You never know what you're going to hear coming out of The Holding Pattern. It could be a sponsored promo, a podcast, an interview. Um, Tupper's did a really cool monologue about last period thing on the radio. So there's all kinds of neat stuff airing right now. But um, on Saturday night, we're doing Steve Tupper, not at Sun Fun 11 podcast, which is going to be great. It's a virtual podcast, and that's going to be great. Um, in the general end of things, the night, our, our first 39s have once again sponsored World War II Wasp pilots to come to Sun and Fun. Yes. There's going to be at least 10 Wasp pilots at Sun and Fun this year. Wow, that's cool. These are the coolest and ladies you'll cool. ever meet. They are just really, really nice. And, and you can just, you know, and they're obviously getting on in years now, but you look into their eyes and you can see how young they are. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So, and they're going to be doing... They're going to be bringing a guest down every day. Um, we're going to have at least one wasp on the radio every single day this week. So that's really cool. You want to listen somewhere in the 10 to 11 o'clock hour for that. But on Wednesday, we're doing a one-hour special on Sun and Fun Radio, streaming it live on the Internet. We're going to have all 10 wasp pilots at Sun and Fun Radio. We'll probably split it up two groups of five, but I am so excited that we're going to have all ten of these ladies at Sun and Fun Radio talk, very ab- cool. yeah. talk yeah. about great stuff. I mean, and you're right, Jack. You look at them, and the, the cool thing about Sun and Fun Radio is you can hear it. Not only can you see the sparkle in their eyes, you can hear it in their voices. You can. That's they, true. They were, you know, and it's so cool that we've finally recognized them for the contribution they made. I don't know that we the war would have come out the same had we not had the wasps. There you so, go. Yeah. So that's great. Um, doc, um, yeah. doc, doc, Dr. Peggy Chabrian, Women Shine at Sun Fun, presented by Women in Aviation International. Dr. Peggy's going to be bringing guests down for us. So I you know, I mentioned earlier the, the remote of the air show. We've got a fantastic evening program lineup this year at Sun and Fun. And following our podcast each night, will be the evening program live as it happens. So that's going to be great stuff. Yeah. Uh, the all, exception the exception being Friday be night. Off the net, right? Yep. Every single bit of it will be streamed over liveatc.net. Yep. And now SNF. people who are there on the grounds can also hear it, what, on the AM frequency? Is that correct? Well, yep. And that's actually really exciting news that I've just got about not maybe an hour. We have a brand new transmitter antenna installed and operational. Great. So the the AM fifteen ten 
signal on the grounds is going to be fantastic this year as well. Yeah. So yeah. we're just rock rolling through it. You know, I've been doing the last couple of weeks a solid 60 hours, um, two months preceding 40 hours a week on Sun and Fun Radio, really nailing stuff down. I did uh, open mic announcements. I've got to give a huge shout-out to everybody on Skype who contributed to open mic announcements. Um, it was something I threw out there as crowdsourcing, and it went off great. I got some really great people that are not only have done recordings, but they're also going to volunteer during Sun and Fun. That's neat. So that's fantastic. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah, cool. no, I'm, yeah, I'm, we, you know, go ahead. You haven't mentioned the number one reason why <laughs> we want to see <laughs> Sun and Fun Radio succeed. I know. Where this because is you guys are all my friends. Number oh, 1.5. Number one. <laughs> number one is ready? because okay. these are the best waffles of any air show radio station on the planet. That's right. The waffles are, are truly legendary and justifiably so. And uh, we're all looking forward to that. That's probably not the biggest thing. Uh, it's probably not the number one thing we're looking forward to, but it's on the list. That's for sure. It's on the list. Jack. Sure. Yeah, Dave. Go Jack. Ahead. You are my friend, and I love you, and I say this with all the utmost respect in the world. You're a terrible liar. The number one thing is the waffles. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Dave Schulbetter of Sun and Fun Radio. The Internet's trying to tell us something here, and I think we're going to have to let you go. But is there anything else you want to tell us about the fly-in this year or about the radio station before we uh, say goodnight? Maybe, like maybe the dates and, and the location. That'd be a good like thing. March 29th through April 3rd Yep, at Lakeland Linder Regional Airport in Lakeland, Florida. Special guest this year, the Blue Angels, celebrating 100 years in naval aviation. Thank you, Dave Shellbetter. We appreciate your, uh, your uh, taking a few minutes to uh, join us here in the virtual hangar. I wish we could have had a better connection, but we did hear what you said, and, uh, and boy, we just can't wait to get down there. I, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, we're all on our way, you know, and uh, as much as uh, Jeb would like to be in denial about that, we're headed his way. And, uh, um, <laughs> Shellbetter, you, have you been banking sleep? Or, so, because I know you never sleep all week long uh, at the event. So uh, No, I've given up on any and all. Yeah, I know the feeling. It's I'm looking forward to it, guys. It's going to be a blast. We are going to have so much fun that we won't be able to stand it. I it, tell you, it will be. It will be. Thank you, Dave. Dave Shellbetter, the uh, uh, what do you call the chairman, the head guy, chairman of, of Sun and Fun Radio. There you go. Um, I have no idea what we were talking about. Let's see now. It was so cool that Dave popped your, in your like go that. Around. We, we still got hung up on your go around. Yeah, no, no, my go. We're done on the go around. We're done uh, with the go around. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> We're done with the go around. No, no, we got two. We already had one off field landing of the week. We got two more off field landings of the week here. Let's see, real quickly, we've got a, a another it's YouTube an off field extravaganza. It is. Uh, we've got a, a, another YouTube video of a. Uh, it's a, It's called a Cessna four hundred four. Do you think is that the correct aircraft designation? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of a cool piece of video. If this is the one I'm remembering, it's a video out one of the uh, sort of left hand passenger windows from just behind the wing. And we see this airplane coming in for landing, I guess, on a we uh, gear up. And uh, it's kind of dramatic. Is that the one I'm remembering right? I don't. Again, I don't dare look yeah. at it here. I don't know how, how dramatic it was. It was a controlled landing of uh, gear up. Um, the airplane came to a stop. Everybody got out. There was a, there was a small fire that was quickly extinguished. Yeah. And 
Um, the video survived. Everybody else survived. I, everybody I guess. I guess the thing that I'm referring to as being dramatic, and and it's not like you know, it, it's not visually all that dramatic. But you know, you're watching the propeller disc spin until it touches the ground, and then just the propeller just stopped. Um, and uh, it's just interesting to actually see that. You see the result of it from time to time, but you never actually see it happen. I thought that was kind of interesting. So, uh, and I guess strictly speaking, this wasn't isn't an off fuel landing. I, I miss I misspoke because he did land on the on a. Uh, on a run, uh, an airport, I guess, and it may or may not have been on the runway. But on, this was an on-airport gear-up yeah. emergency on procedure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then once again, we saw the uh, guy with the video camera scrambling to get out of the airplane, and you see lots of footage of the ground during this little run. And then all of a sudden, he gets away from the airplane. And he turns the camera back, and you see the airplane uh, sitting on the ground. So that was kind of interesting. Um, yet another example of every time airplanes have problems in the air, they do not go spiraling to the ground. Um, and then finally, we've got a, uh, a, a listener in the forum called our attention to this uh, RV4 pilot who, uh, who had an uh, engine failure on takeoff and, uh, and um, a, you know, landed uh, off-field just off the end of the, uh, the takeoff end of the runway, the departure end of the runway. Um, again, not all that dramatic, just you know, this is the way it's supposed to work. You know, land straight ahead, I think, was the point the listener was trying to make here. Um, oh, and then we had an off-field landing by Kyle Franklin with his wife Amanda, the wing walker. Right, right. A we couple did. Of weeks ago. We did. Yeah. What's the late? So, first of all, give us the story, the initial story. What? Tell us what happened. Uh, many people have read this story, but others haven't. David, tell us the, what happened well, at that time. Kyle and Amanda are an air show act. They are the children of two legendary air show acts who died in the same mid-air collision at an air show in Canada a few years ago. Uh, Kyle Franklin and uh, uh, Amanda Yonkin. And uh, uh, since the deaths of their fathers, they got married. They're doing this wing walking act on a biplane. Uh, They're pirates. And they were performing at a show in South Florida. You've probably heard this. Amanda was up on the top wing rig when the uh, airplane, I believe it's a Waco, suffered uh, engine failure. And uh, Kyle had not much choice but to try to uh, keep the airplane pointed and controlled while Amanda got down off the upper wing. And then he stuffed it into a very small hole in the mesquite trees down there in south, southwest Texas. And uh, unfortunately, the airplane caught fire. He got out uh, fairly quickly but was not able to get Amanda out right away. Firefighters showed up because he made radio calls immediately saying, hey, we're down, we're crashed, we're hurt, and we're on fire. Uh, yeah. They've had some skin graft surgeries. Uh, both of them burned. Uh, not nearly as badly as early reports. Uh, it was an off-field landing. Uh, everybody didn't walk away. Uh, yeah. But it was another one of those instances where if you watch the videotape and listen to the air traffic or the, the, the tape of the audio between Kyle and the air show crew where he was performing, uh, it, it, keeping a pretty cool head against what I'm sure is a lot of adrenaline because he's trying to keep the airplane aloft long enough to give his wife time to get off the rig on the upper wing and down and into, strapped into the front cockpit. And uh, that barely happened. And if it hadn't been for the post-crash fire, 
uh, neither one of them would have suffered anything more than some bruises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much a worst case scenario for you know Quinn to have an engine failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was a tough situation. Um, and and I, I want to amplify something that you 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 said, David. That uh, contrary to what it appears from the there's there's video on the net of the actual uh, crash or touchdown, um, and and it appears that he actually put it into the trees. But apparently, no. Apparently, he found a, a, a clearing over there, and he managed to set the airplane down in a clear area, which uh, also contributed to the uh, relatively positive outcome. And uh, Yeah, and setting it down is kind of, it was a controlled crash. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, he, wasn't, this wasn't a dead stick landing where you got all this room to play it out, terrain notwithstanding. Yeah. This was a deliberate decision to get the airplane into that hole. Because stretching it out until all energy was expended was going to guarantee that he went down in some trees, and the you know the amount of destruction, the extent of the fire, the ability to get at the airplane to rescue the people, all became much more wild card items. Uh, putting it down in that hole, right, right, gave them their best chance at surviving and getting help to help them survive. So right. Now, there are two big donation, uh, two big funds raising uh, uh, spots to donate. I'll get this straight in a second. Uh, you know, these folks don't have normal day jobs like the mo- like a lot of people with health insurance and and and, and uh, sick leave and all that. And so there are folks that from the air show and from the ICAST community, International Council of Air Shows, uh, accepting donations on on Kyle and Amanda's behalf to help them offset what are undoubtedly going to be major six figures worth of medical bills and loss of income and loss of the aircraft and their livelihood and a lot of other things. Right, so, right. Are those UL, URLs something that you're able to, to to say? I mean, are they complex URLs or should we just put them in the show notes? We'll put them there anyway. Put them in the show notes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, we our, our hearts go out to these folks, so we'll send out our prayers. It sounds like it's the outcome is going to be okay, uh, although very, very difficult. But uh, it, 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 It's tough and it's hard to overstate how much worse it could have been for the young couple and have them still survive, but being burned so much worse and facing, you know, an even tougher rehabilitation road than they are. Uh, so, you know, you have to count this as an outcome in the not bad category, yeah. as bad as it was. Yeah. Um, let's see, one more subject I want to talk about before we begin to have to wrap this thing up because we've been having way, way, way too much fun tonight. Um, I mentioned uh, Charlotte uh, in, uh, International Mo- uh, Speedway here uh, that I'm down the street from, and I mentioned this Concord Regional Airport down around the corner. I- I'm actually, my hotel is just about halfway between the two, and uh, and I was noticing airplanes operating in and out of Concord uh, uh, this afternoon, and I was noticing that, that an airplane departing Concord turned right towards the racetrack, and presumably, if they'd kept flying straight, was going to fly right over the racetrack. And that got me to thinking about um, football stadium TFRs. Only an hour before till an hour after the scheduled start time of the event. Really? You, you know that, that you, you, you say that pretty quickly. Did you look it up? or you? No. There was part of the uh, compromise that allowed some of that to happen. Uh, some of the, what to happen? 
a congressional mandate for some of these TFRs to be erected oh, okay. uh, as a way of controlling commercial advertising access as opposed to any real security threat. So the TFRs, and there are some that are real security issues, but they've generally read uh, from an hour, in effect, from an hour before the scheduled start of the event until an hour after the actual end of the event. And so that's the way football ones work, too, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, the the racetracks, when there's not a NASCAR race or an Indy race or, uh, you know, a, 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 a it's Sports Car Club of America thing going on that warrants one of these. There's no TFRs over those racetracks. You know, yeah, I, I didn't think like every other thing. Yeah, I didn't think there well, was one today, but it got me to think. And even even if there was a TFR, um, doing what he did with ATC's permission is not an issue. That's right. Well, yeah, I was wondering about that too. Would would he routinely be able to? Uh, to uh, what, what do you do? What do you make an immediate right turnout or something like yeah, that? It yeah, it was like it looked like a right turnout and departure yeah. to the whatever yeah, be okay. the east, I guess. That's that's you know, with ATC's permission and, and, and or direction, you know, probably he you know, you know, turn on course and boom, you know, there it goes. And as long as you weren't towing a banner during an event that somebody could sell advertising for that wasn't towing, <laughs> that's right, that's right. You'd be okay, yeah. Okay. As long as, as long as you're not trying to, you know, steal money from the powers that be over which you're flying. <laughs> yeah. You're flying. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, you right. just can't have any little business out there actually making a living off of it. No, 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 no. That's what not, would that? Do? Yeah. Shout outs. We got any shout outs here? I don't know. This shout is just outs. this is just one of the most fun but disorganized episodes I think we've ever done. This yeah. Is just, this, you're gonna earn your your, uh, <clears throat> your yeah pay my pay pills, right. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'd like uh, to give a shout out to the Air Transport Association. What they do now? <laughs> what do they do now? Yeah, I'd like to give a trans a shout out to the Air Transport Association and direct them to information regarding a thing called general aviation, so that they, get the, <laughs> so that they could get this stick out of their butt over the idea, the bogus, bankrupt idea that airport improvement funding. Sh- only applies if it benefits the commercial system. I'm sorry, but to quote, and this is the kindest I'm going to be tonight with you guys, Rorschach from Welcome Back, Cotter, up your nose with my rubber hose. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You you cap after dark. I know. It just gets better and better, huh? Yeah, okay. Um, the ATA, so, by, by the way, a quick explanation. ATA uh, is, is 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 crying to some communities that the airport improvement program seriously needs reform because God knows the FAA is spending money on airports that do not improve the commercial system. To which I say, a bender like bite my metal ass. <laughs> okay. well, yeah. Right. Other shout-outs. What else we got here? Jeb, you got uh, anything? Yeah, Dave, for that shout-out. Yeah, I know, huh? Thank you very much. Uh, is that really it? Is that all we got? That's all I got. That's all you got. All right, guys. Uh, oh, it's been fun. Let me tell you. It's been fun. <laughs> huh? <laughs> 
Dave Higdon out there. Jack, just think you got you got uh, starting in a week from now or so. You got three more weeks of this. I know, huh? <laughs> we're gonna do a date. We're doing. We're gonna. And, we and, go to Sun and Fun. And we're we gonna... want you to remember at the time that it's happening, the dailies were your idea. I know. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna do the f- two full blown episodes while we're at Sun and Fun. We're gonna do one on Tuesday. This is as as our friend Dave Shelbetter said, one on Tuesday evening and one on Sunday morning. Uh, that will also be streamed live, and then we'll post them on the internet probably the the next day is usually what I've been able to do. And then we're also going to continue. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing the uh, show dailies, the uh, UCAP dailies um, that we've been doing a short 10. Boy, 10 we're going to have fun with them this year. Yeah. The short 5 or 10, 15-minute oh, yes. episodes oh, yeah. that we do throughout the week. So we're going to have a we, lot of, uh, of podcasts starting we next We vow week. to make Every episode at Sun and Fun, every bit as serious as tonight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just go back and if you want to see, if you want to get a taste that's, of how they're going to work out. People are hard. You can listen to the the UCAP dailies from last year's Sun and Fun, but it, but I, I think if you really want to get a taste for how they're going to work at Sun and Fun this year, listen to last summer's Oshkosh UCAP dailies. Because they were if an experience. You, if you, you dare. If, if you, you dare, dare. If you dare. Hey, Dave Higdon is an aviation photographer. He's also an aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, I, I'd have to bite into that and give you a bit back. Uh, I think avbuyer.com, aea.net, aviationsafetymagazine.com, uh, or, you know, do the uh, roulette thing, roll the wheel, drop the pebble, and see what comes up on Google. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm gonna while we're talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google Dave Higdon, and then click. I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> and while he's doing that, I'll say that Jeb Burnside is a freelance aviation <laughs> writer and editor, and he's serving these days as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Uh, if you're if you're uh, are you there, Jeb? Uh, tell us where people can find you on the internet. I know Dave Higdon, and that's no Dave Higdon. <laughs> okay, uh, is, is all I can say about what came up. Um, this guy is at Los Alamos New National Laboratory in Los Alamos, New Mexico. New Mexico. That's one of the others. There's another yeah. one out there who yeah. writes about golf. Yeah, I mean where they use more than a putter. He's. And no offense, Dave, you know, and I'm not, you know, a connoisseur on this thing, but he's a lot better looking. <laughs> Jeb, uh, where can people find you on like, the internet? Like you, that's such a low bar to clear. There you go. There you go. Uh, AviationSafetyMagazine.com is is a day job. So is AEA.net, uh, JEBurnside.com, uh, and I don't look anything like this guy. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> I might pop up, you know, uh, in, in some police blotter nearest you. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to Dave Shellbetter, a uh, good friend and uh, chairman of the Sun and Fun uh, radio operation there at the Sun and Fun Fly-In. Uh, we appreciate him uh, uh, taking a few minutes to stop in. We apologize to him for the uh, poor quality of the Internet connection uh, in our conversation, but I think most of his story got through and... Uh, uh, believe me, it's uh, it's a, a great thing to take advantage of over the internet. You can learn more about Sun and Fun Radio, about the Sun and Fun Fly-In at sun-n-fun.org. Um, and uh, from that main page, you can get links to the radio stations page. You also want to make note of uh, the live streaming address for Sun and Fun Radio, which is liveatc.net slash snf. And uh, you will uh, get a links not only to Sun and Fun Radio's live stream, but also to the uh, 
the Lakeland uh, tower and ground frequencies, and also I believe, well, I don't know about the air show, but uh, the uh, the controllers, the special controllers for uh, the arrivals and departures to the fly-in will be on that on that uh, stream as well. So some good stuff there. And if you're planning to go, look for us and be prepared to prove that you prepared by showing us your no tim. That's right. That's right. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. You can learn more about me at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Thanks to Jeff Ward for creating our show notes. Thanks to Mike Morgan and Royce Earl and to the many other listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips. We are also very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. It doesn't need to be very much. Just 10 or $15 over the span of a year is a big help. And don't forget you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the new improved blog, view the forums, check out the wiki, the aviation movies list, the new ratings webpage of fame, and more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, what were you going to say? Live long, fly long, live a better life, and go fly because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. AMFFN. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that.